We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to another episode of This AFL Life. I'm your host, Alison Smirnoff. And yes, we did have a little time out last week, but we're back. Welcome to my co-host, Rachel Hibbert. Good evening. And all the way from Bali, if you don't mind, <laughs> Susan Cadman. How are you going? Oh, good afternoon, team. It's uh, nice to be in. Is this the first international uh dial in for the show <laughs> it is it actually is this whole history of this day for life <laughs> but, global, but, but what i actually what i actually love caddy is that you had to go all the way to bali just to have a free weeknight <laughs> so <laughs> we saw you laughing a lot but the camera froze so there was no sound <laughs> of you laughing <laughs> I was having a good giggle at your comment, Alison, and said that the irony of that is not lost on me and is exactly the reason why I'm here in Bali, <laughs> to have a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, but are you having a nice break? Yes, it's been very relaxing. I was just telling you both earlier that I actually haven't done much at all. I haven't seen much of Bali. I've just found my favourite little massage place, been swimming in the pool, having a surf lesson, read a book and a half, and that's about all I've got to report, to be honest. Oh, a little bout of barley belly, but, you know, that's the standard. So it's been really, really nice. I feel much better. Thank you for asking. Well, that sounds lovely. We won't be talking about what the weather has been like in Melbourne. <laughs> um, I currently have the heater on. <laughs> <laughs> what global warming? Yeah. <laughs> I'm back to using hot bags in bed. Um, I thought I'd packed them away. <laughs> and then last night I whipped them out again. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's where we're at. I mean, it's summer in a few days, isn't it? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> According to the Gregorian calendar, yes. <laughs> anyway, nice chat about the weather and international travel. It's AFLW Grand Final Week. And I think the two teams that we pretty much picked very, very early on are playing off in the granny, Brisbane v Melbourne. Wee. We took in the uh, prelims last weekend. Um, Caddy and I were at Icon Park for the, for the D's game. But on the Friday night, Brisbane are just like, they were just ominous. <laughs> Like they just dismantled Adelaide. They out Adelaide, Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, I think kind of what we've been saying pretty much since halfway through the season, I think this premiership is honestly Brisbane's to lose at this point. Um, mm. And there's not much evidence um, otherwise at this point in time, to be honest. They are absolutely clinical. They know what they're doing. They play really well together and they're, you know, They've just had yet another player win 
the best and fairest for the league. So really, it says a, it says a lot yep. about where Brisbane are at, I think. Mm, who didn't even make the All-Australian team. Oh, don't even. Don't even. <laughs> I have just so many comments about last night's award ceremony. We might get to the awards in a sec. <sighs> the awards. <laughs> um. Because obviously the, also the other game was the prelim final between Melbourne and North Melbourne, which is very, it was it was such a tense game and it was exhausting to watch also because it was so windy. And I don't, I don't know about you, I just get really anxious and rattled when it's like I'm in wind all day. Um, mm. But I, I just found it really interesting game, particularly in the third quarter when North really started to choke Melbourne and I was getting really nervous <laughs> that the Ds weren't going to get up. But then at three-quarter time, I was like, yeah, they they did shut Melbourne down, but they didn't score themselves. So once yes. Melbourne were kind of able to break free again and get the game back on their terms, they just kind of went away with it. And I just want to say Daisy Pierce <gasps> kicking the sealer to get them into a grand final. I just, it was like. All of the fellow Falks that I was with at the at the ground, we were just all up on our feet, except our friend Millie who backs from North Melbourne. But we were, we were all up even, and about. Even Millie was okay with it when Daisy got the goal. She's like, all right, okay, it's all good. Um, yeah, you couldn't script that better, could you? It was you just she got the ball and you're just like, she's gonna kick this goal. You're just like. There's something about the intent that she kind of dodged and waved around, I think, like two or three defenders, and you're like, wow, no, she's this is going right through the middle. And yeah, it was it was really it was kind of special actually, I think. So yeah. everyone was very excited. It made the every highlight reel within minutes because it was a late, late-ish game. And then by the six o'clock news, it was just like Daisy Pierce, Daisy Pierce, Daisy Pierce. Um and it was a really interesting, I agree, Al, the, the commentary at three-quarter time um, was speaking to the fact that uh, the message to both of those teams would have been so different. The message to North Melbourne would have been, uh, wow, we we won that quarter, you know, we were holding it to Melbourne and they, they didn't get to score. And the um, on the contrary, the other, the Melbourne's coach would have been like, um, North Melbourne controlled that quarter, but our defence was so amazing that we didn't let them score. Like, how good's that? Yeah. And I don't know which one of those will win a grand final, which one of those, you know, is it going to be Melbourne keeping Brisbane at bay or is it going to be Brisbane doing the same to Melbourne? I don't, I don't know. I don't have answers either because this ground is completely unbeknownst to everyone including the players really mm, um even the Brisbane players <laughs> even the Brisbane players um yeah no I'm thinking ahead but I, I can't help it I just feel like kudos to North though because I don't know I don't know what the game was like to watch on the tv but at the ground it was really clear that there was a crazy swirling wind as Alison pointed out with the pigeons flying <laughs> Flying off the roof at all angles, <laughs> the roof of Icon Park. Um, but I, I really felt like North really, they had Melbourne's number, and I think that 
um, they've just come a really long way as a team and they're not just relying mm. on their stars and they really deserve to play that prelim. And, you know, they weren't that far off, to be honest. So yeah. what, a, what an effort for them. Were they yeah. eighth? Eighth. They were, yeah, like, yeah, they were eighth. Unbelievable. Mm. They deserve to be there. They really did. So just wanted to call that out as well. Yeah, no, that is a good, that's a good call. And, I mean, look, I think we, like a few weeks ago, we did say that, you know, yes, they finished eighth, but they weren't an eighth place team. Mm. But that's just, that, that's going to happen when you have such a compromised fixture. Um, but, yeah, mm. even the game against Geelong was pretty, mm. <laughs> the way they held on in that game and, yeah, like that, they've just kind of, they got better and better as the season went on, I, f- I think, North Melbourne, and hats off. I agree. Mm. The depth that um, Vicky Wall has brought to that team as well, you think about what they were missing, and I, I don't think anyone knew that it was Vicky Wall, um, but she just has come out of nowhere, and by nowhere I mean Ireland, <laughs> and torn torn you know North Melbourne's game open with her speed and her skills which I guess for someone who's come from the Irish background may normally takes like one or two seasons to get a hang of but she's just come in and absolutely created a storm um and for Emma Carney to make seven all Australian teams out of seven seasons yeah it's extraordinary it's it's like we, I I can't remember hearing that in a men's game seven seasons in a row, um, to just remain at the top of the game, yeah. At at that you know at that level and with a positional change too. That's right. A little a little bit of me said that Emma Carney had been taken out of the midfield into defence because sometimes that's what they do with players. However, I think they needed her back there and they needed that directive and Emma Carney taking kickouts with her aggressiveness mm. really changed North Melbourne's game. And you have Talia Randall ready to receive the ball at the other end from Emma King, Jazzy Garner or Jenna Bruton or Ash Riddell through the middle. The yeah. depth was just... Reels them off, Gavalis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I can <laughs> keep going. Um, Sarah Wright had a stellar game as well on the weekend. Um, against the Melbourne forward line. I think she did a really, really good job. But, geez, we're too good on the day. It was a great game of footy. So the grand final is in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. It's being played at a stadium. I don't know what the name is called. It's in Springfield or something. <laughs> what, is act- what is the name of the stadium? Look, Something. I don't know, but the first thing that springs to mind is the fact that thanks to the Simpsons, Simpsons, <laughs> I know that every state has a Springfield in it in America. Uh, Brighton Homes Arena is what it's called. Excellent. Um, mm. Really catchy. <laughs> <laughs> I want us to talk about the grand final venue just for a minute. What what do we think? Because personally, my my feel is that I I kind of do like this tradition of the highest ranked team getting to host the grand final in their state. But I just feel like this was so last minute, and to be playing at a stadium that only had the surface put down a month ago. And yes, it's been signed off on, um, but I'll be very interested to see how much it shifts 
when we watch the game. Um, but it only has 600 actual seats and has a capacity of 8,000. It's likely to sell out, which is which is fantastic, you know, that we can say that a grand final is going to sell out. But they haven't they haven't used the stadium before. Like how is the ticketing going to work? Are they going to be able to actually get people into the ground? Have they had food vendors there before? Like how is all all of this infrastructure going to work? This is my concern. <laughs> and two weeks ago I went to watch the Matildas at Amy Park um, and, of course, there was the controversy over Punt Road Oval hosting a semi-final. And, and I have to look, granted, Matildas are a national team. Um, it was an international friendly. It's, you know, pretty big deal. But what struck me <laughs> as I was sitting in that stadium watching that amazing sporting spectacle was it just felt, it, it felt like, they were taking this the game seriously. It it felt like, um, you know, it's a it's a professional stadium. There's pyrotechnics. There's big screen. There's a great sound system. It's comfortable for fans, and it just felt it felt real. And I'm just sick to death of AFLW just kind of being marginalised and pushed to this little corner. And isn't it quaint how they play at community venues? I'm sorry, but the AFLW final series is meant to be the peak. (laughs) This is the highest these players can play and they're just not being taken seriously. Sorry, that was a bit of a monologue, but I've just been sitting on it for about two weeks. I thoroughly enjoyed that monologue (laughs) and I echo it. I actually had dinner with my brothers and respective partners on Monday evening and they asked me what I thought and I did exactly the same thing, Alison. I reeled off my own monologue <laughs> and an and added extra, another an after-dinner meant for you here, is that I've looked up the Brighton Homes Arena. It's 32 kilometres south of Brisbane CBD which means it's a 30-minute drive, an hour on public transport. How is that accessible accessible for people who are coming from all around Queensland, let alone people from Brisbane CBD itself? Or or Melbourne supporters from interstate. interstate. Mm. Correct. Where do you even stay? Do you stay in Brisbane or do you stay near the stadium? What do you do? It's not even a stadium, it's an arena. And with the food trucks and the camera, we've spoken multiple times about the terrible camera work that happens at grounds which haven't been made for television. So I'm very interested to see what the televised product looks like on Sunday afternoon. That's another thing, Sunday 1.40pm. I'm glad that it's not clashing with any of the cricket or anything else that's happening. But Sunday 140 what a terrible time to play a grand final. Oh, I've just got so many things to say about this, Al. Oh. <laughs> I know, because even as you're talking, I'm like, I, I've got two things I remembered that I yeah. wanted to say. Oh, and like when you think about, no, you go. Well, I, when you brought up the broadcast, I was thinking about that fiasco of a game, Adelaide and Collingwood over mm. at Unley Oval or whatever it was, and they had to 
basically they had to pause play mm. because it was unsafe for the broadcast because yes. the broadcast was sitting in a makeshift scaffold thing to call the game. What what's what are your feelings, Caddy? Yeah, I think I agree with all your sentiments. I think the Brisbane CEO came out and said that, you know, it adhered to all of those broadcasting things and the food and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it was designed specifically for AFLW for families to sit on the hill, a grass hill together to watch the game. That's fine, but we're talking about a grand final of, um, you know, I know there's been two seasons this year and maybe people are feeling a bit fatigued or whatever, but I just think why can't there be a decision made about playing it in, you know, Marvel or whatever every year, no matter who wins. I, I do agree, like, it's a nice concept having the home team have the advantage, but the reality is it's a national game and you all have to be able to play everywhere. And that's just, like, if that's where the availability is to make sure that the game is the best spectacle it can be, mm. then it needs to just be there. Yeah. And that's just that. So, mm. yeah, I agree. 100%. I think it's a total joke. I think it's sold out like in really quickly mm. now. I think it's mm. already sold out. And I don't care if the grand final is at Metricon Stadium every single year. If they think that Brisbane is the best placed state to house a grand final, statistics, data, analy- data analytics, analytics and everything done, then you just put one stadium aside that has a, a certain amount of um, I guess space for everyone and away you go. If because I know that the argument will be we can't have it in at Marvel because you know it's not a it's Victorian bias to Victorians. Well, I don't care. Just make it a stadium, just like the MCGs for the men's. And I you can't say that you know Collingwood have the advantage at the MCG versus you know every other team because West Coast has more supporters than than Collingwood do it's just in the AFLM that is but yeah just make a decision and stick with it and I don't care if all the other finals are played um, as the AFLM are where they are played at um, you know the home home team's ground or whatever but the grand final needs a destination and make the decision now yeah or just like like doesn't have to be just at Marvel like just choose a stadium each season. Like, yeah, just call it. Okay. So at least, and at least they get to play on there throughout the season, maybe yeah. other teams do, you know? Like, oh. Yeah. I, it, for me, it, it's, it's the respect thing. It's like, just respect yep. the game, respect the players. You know, you talk, you know, the, they always talk about the product. It's like, well, you, you need to provide the circumstances for the players to, I mean, the players are doing their bit. Yeah. And need, for the people to absorb that product, you yes. need. Oh. Yeah. Like comfort. I mean, what if it's, I mean, it's spring. <laughs> what if it's yeah. torrential rain in Brisbane on Sunday? Like there's going to be pretty shit out sitting up on the hill, isn't it? Oh boy. And you can't do anything about weather. That's one thing, but yeah. it's the infrastructure for the people who are there. And yes. like you said before, the broadcasting, that everything needs to be accessible and acceptable yeah. for everyone. 
I don't want to be watching a a game with raindrops on the camera lens. That never happens in an AFL game, ever. No, never. But even like that photo of Mark Soderstrom with his pants rolled up standing in water, like that is, it's not funny. It's just, I mean, it's dangerous, but it's also just like that's ridiculous. What amateur hour show are you running? Like it's just absurd. This is the thing. It's just like. Just respect the game and the players and be more professional. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't even run the VAFO if that was happening. Like, respect. Come yeah. on. Seriously. Basic. Yeah. Oh, and end rant. <laughs> I could keep going. I don't know if you guys saw the photos of the Brisbane players on their one training session that they had there, but it didn't look very safe is all I would say. The grass mm. looked um, like it had just been placed approximately four weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure oh. our um, long-time listener, Matt Poultney, would have a lot to say about the, uh, how long grass needs to, <laughs> to need yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyways, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, get hey? up there. Get up there, Maddie. Fix them up. Fix them up. <laughs> I don't know if he can work magic. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone can, Maddie Poultney can. Yeah, that is true. That's true. So another event this week was the W Awards. Um, I didn't actually watch it because I had a work dinner last night, so I didn't watch (laughs) a single second of it. I only saw that Ali Anderson won, very deserving winner, as I mentioned earlier, strangely didn't make the All-Australian team. Um. Two of you watched it. Caddy mm. watched the whole thing, and I'm in shock about that. <laughs> but uh, just wanted your highlights and lowlights from the from the evening. Oh, where do I start? Low light. Having your best and fairest winner not in your Australian team is not good, mm-hmm. and a demonstration of, I think, maybe whatever the selection process is is flawed because other top you know players in the top 10 including our favorite Elise Parker who was actually leading for a lot of the count <laughs> nowhere to be seen in that Australian team um, one only one rock selected hmm. Alice said like I've been watching on social media today the Bulldogs have gone um, the Bulldog social media team of <laughs> gone crazy with their um calling that out but anyways i just i don't know interesting decisions maybe is the way i put it um mm. about that all australian team probably a fair few surprises in my point of view really nice to see some debutants who i think really deserve to be in there but some decisions were a bit iffy for me what did you think Hib? i agree um i could not believe it that Ali Anderson and Elise Parker, yes, they were in the squad, but then they didn't make the cut. And I'm like, what is the difference between them polling three votes every single game they play or at least two votes every single game they play? Like wh- who is not seeing that, that they make the midfield of the All-Australian team? I couldn't believe it. Um, the other thing that really, um, I guess, got to me um was 
Jazzy Garner not mm. doing as well as I had anticipated. I just thought she was the captain of the All-Australian for, like, she was the fans' MVP. She was the coach's award MVP for the entire season. And nada, like, didn't poll top five, I don't think, Um, which I just, I've never seen Jazzy Garner play at that level before. In fact, I haven't seen anyone play at that level before. And I just think, like, at times she was holding North Melbourne together. I know we've said how well established North Melbourne are as a team, but I think she really led from the front and was the steam train in that development and on-field performance. Mm. Couldn't believe it that she wasn't higher up. It's absurd. It's it's not the first season that that's happened to Jazz Garner. No. Like, I don't know what she's done to the umpires, but like, yeah. but it's also she's not small. Like, how can you not? How can you not notice her? So I I have a theory, and my theory is that the umpires who have been around for a while expect these players to be amazing because they have always been amazing. Someone like Paxi, Paxi had an incredible season, and she polled yeah. five votes yeah. the entire night. Yeah, and I think it's because we've come to expect that they just play well, and I get that. But if they play well for seven seasons, reward it. Like Emma Carney getting to seven All-Australian teams. I think the umpires just don't know what's good. (laughs) Quite like, honestly, I just, and I'm not saying that Ali Anderson shouldn't have won it. I think she had an incredible season. Completely deserving winner, yeah. Yes. As as was Monconti's season. Incredible. But I just some odd decisions. And I also didn't know that you could be picked in the All-Australian team even if you had been suspended during the season and therefore knocked out of the best and fairest count. So Georgie Prisparkas was knocked out of the best and fairest count because she was suspended but still made the All-Australian team. Mm. So I think there's just some inconsistencies here at the moment that, of course, will be, not like, I guess, melted out throughout, you know, our lifespan of AFLW. But... It was just really frustrating to watch. And I think frustrating for the the players who were there, like the Bulldogs girls, every time someone in their team got a vote, and rightly so, you know, Ellie Blackburn had the most incredible season. They would go off their nut because there weren't many times that they were actually rewarded. Mm. Alison, it was bizarre. <laughs> oh. Well, the, the top five were Ali Anderson, 21 votes, Mon Conti, 19, uh, Ebony Marinoff, 18 votes, Maddie Pasparkas, 17 votes, and Olivia Purcell, 16 votes. Yeah. And I, I, I can't fault those five at no. all. I think they did have incredible seasons. But I just wanted to see more consistency across the voting from umpires that adhere to the season that we saw play out and yeah. that if you, you look at any of the fans' awards, any of the coaches' awards throughout the season, they they marry up. But what mm. we saw last night just didn't quite marry up. Where the heck was Alice Edmonds, honestly? Yeah. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> but it's, it's wild that, that wild. Jazzy Garner isn't in the top five. Like it's what? wild. <laughs> what? <Wild>. Oh. <laughs> On a, on a really wholesome note, 
Mm. Ashanti Bush, who won goal of the year. Yes. And it was incredible. Like an amazing goal. It really was. Spoke so calmly and so carefully for someone who's obviously never had to do an interview in front of thousands of people plus the national broadcast. Yeah. So complete kudos to Ashanti Bush for really just nailing that interview. Mm. And Bryony Dawson, they didn't ask any questions that didn't, uh, they didn't ask any open-ended questions. So it could have been very easy for Ashanti <laughs> to just stand there and say yes or no. <laughs> said, oh, did you think you were going to kick the goal? And Ashanti was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So anyway, complete kudos. It was a very wholesome moment for and a very um apt reward for an incredible, incredible goal. Amazing. Well, I wonder if I'll be able to watch a replay anywhere. That'll be interesting. Hmm. Oh, true. <laughs> I don't know if I'll do that, but <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't. I felt that the rising star Hannah Ewings was a great choice. Um by all accounts absolutely dominating at Port Adelaide yeah has, has been dominating throughout her kind of short career so far outside of AFLW and I think it's really really nice to see an extension club um having that reward I think they got one and two Port Adelaide so was I now knew what she was doing there in terms <laughs> of probably the local talent um so but I think just really yeah really I really enjoyed that and again she spoke really well too. They really, really training these players off, aren't they? Yeah, they do. Well, grand final this Sunday, 1.40 local time, 2.40 if you're on daylight savings time, probably quite early in the morning if you're in Perth. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, really early on a Sunday morning. Goodness absurd. me. Mm. Um, grand final predictions so we need winner first goal kicker and best on ground caddy i'm going to put you on the spot and i'm going to make you go first great thank you so much allison um i i can't defer from my position or you which has been apart from my initial pre-mental choice but brisbane brisbane win this game um first goal kicker I'm going to say Taylor Harris. I think it's time she stood up and maybe let's call that. It's probably an obvious choice, but it'd be nice to see Dee's start strong. Um, best on ground, Bates. Mm. Mm. Good. Hiba? Uh, Dee's for the win. Mm-hmm. In a tight contest. Mm. Bella Dawes to kick the first goal for Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And best on ground will be Hanksy, Tyler Hanks. Yeah. Well, again, I predicted Melbourne at the very start of the season, so I'm going to say Melbourne. It's very much heart decision. So I think my head says Brisbane, but my heart says Melbourne. I'm going to say Melbourne. Mm -hmm. I think Wardlaw is going to kick the first goal. goal. Mm -hmm. And I think... Karen Paxman is going to win best on ground. Please. Please. Yeah. I really hope you guys are right and that the Daisies can get it done for Daisy. Yes. Be to go off and do her other 
the rest of her life. Yep. <laughs> and the media can stop asking her about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I mean, we we all know and have an attachment to to Daisy through our connection to Darabin. I, I mean, I just want to see her lift that cup. Um, but I also just, you know, I I can just see that Daisy. Jano, Mick, they would just be, they would be dissecting how they're going to take down Brisbane. Um, so I just, yeah, I reckon, I reckon it's going to be a great game. <laughs> An absolute cracker. And I, after all of this, I'm just so excited and I don't care that it's at Brighton Homes Arena and I don't really care that it's in Brisbane at 1.40 on a Sunday, but I do care if Melbourne win. Oh. At the end of the day, I don't care where it is as long as Melbourne win. <laughs> so you can scratch my entire, um, uh, you know, my entire monologue in this, po- in this podcast. Not really. No, I'm just, I'm oh, I'm putting everything I have, crossing everything I have for, for the Ds to get up. Yeah. Uh, and, and need I say, I don't really want all of Melbourne's suitcases lined up in my hallway again. <laughs> last season yeah yeah but also for all those rusted on melbourne supporters that have you know the lifelong melbourne supporters you have been stitched up by your teams playing interstate in grand finals and i am so sorry it's true <laughs> perth adelaide and brisbane yeah, yeah. rotten yeah rotten um so i hope they can bring the cup back home for you. Um, but that's all we've got time for this week. I can't believe we've had to put Caddy in another country to actually <laughs> find some time to get her on the show. It worked. Sorry, it worked. <laughs> I mean, we didn't foot the bill. Caddy did. but <laughs> Happy to foot it. It's fine. No, I'm actually just very pleased that you're having a very well-earned break. Um, It's been a bit of a time lately. Um, But thank you both for joining me. And grand final. Let's go. Go Dees. Go Dees. We want the Dees to get up. Go (laughs) Dees. All right. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.